a Podcast One production. Your Morning Agenda, Summer Edition. Natasha Belling here. Thanks for your company this Thursday, the 7th of January. As many of you are enjoying a well-deserved break, we are looking at the top news stories that have set the agenda in 2020 and will still be making news throughout 2021. We'll be back with all the breaking news from Monday, the 11th of January. But until then, please enjoy your Morning Agenda's Summer Edition. After a a once-in-a-generation drought, it's been a very tough few years for our hard-working farmers. Many faced financial ruin and after generations on the land, some were even forced to sell their properties. With a number of years with little to no rain, some regional towns also ran out of drinking water, while rural businesses were forced to close their doors. But now life on the land is turning a corner and many regional towns are seeing an economic boom. Australian farmers are on track to produce the second biggest crop ever on record. Wheat production is set to increase by 106% from last year. Barley is expected to grow by around 33% and canola production is also up by around 59%. Despite the bumper crops, farmers are now facing a new fight as the trade war with China escalates. Today, we chat with the CEO of the National Farmers Federation, Tony Ma. Tony, thanks so much for joining us on the summer edition of your Morning Agenda. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. If we can just start with the drought in 2019, it was a once in a century horrific event. Just how devastating was the drought for regional Australia? And if we didn't get that rainfall, um, what were you thinking was going to happen? Yeah, look, it was, uh, as you say, really devastating. It was so prolonged, so severe. Um, It caused so much hardship and so much anxiety and grief. You know, people were um, the the issue with drought is with people making decisions and they you know with livestock or crops or um, you know their business it's really hard for them to make a decision they think it's going to rain they just keep holding on and holding on and it just didn't and that was the real tragedy of it that it just kept going and going and we sort of uh, had this prolonged period of drought and dry conditions and people were having to offload livestock and didn't have any income coming in so it was as you say a real disaster. Um, and it just really tore apart communities and uh, and families. Uh, however, um, you know, since then we have had some really good rain uh, in January, February uh, of this year, March, April. So it has recovered, and, and it is wonderful to see the crops and and landscapes now where there used to be dust uh, there's now you know crops and and pastures and things. So it is great, but it was really hard. It makes your heart sing going out to the countryside in areas in uh, the central west of New South Wales, for example, like Mudgee and Orange. I've never seen the countryside look better. How has it been for these rural communities where just, you know, six, eight months ago they were on the brink of an absolute disaster and now it is such a huge turnaround? Yeah, it is really great to see the turnaround and, and as you say, driving around, just seeing the paddocks, um, that I thought, you know, dams would never fill up again and mm. crops would never grow there again. That It was just such like a, a moonscape, you know, it was, it was horrific. 
Um, so it's great to see that positivity and, and great to see some colour in the paddocks again. Um, the drought really does devastate rural and regional communities because it's not only farmers, it's the small businesses, it's the bakeries, it's the machinery centre, it's the uh, merchandise centre, you know, where you buy dog food or your chemicals or, you know, it's the clo local clothes store or it's the news agents. You know, all of these centres rely on the cycle, the, the money flowing through the community and farmers and farm businesses can be such a large part of that community. If you take that out, that income out, then it does have, you know, a significant impact on all across the community. So uh, it, it has been devastating, devastating. Unfortunately, it is a regular occurrence on the Australian landscape. So we've got to keep working at trying to manage it. And that is the challenging part because when you don't know how long the drought's going to go for, you can prepare and prepare and prepare, um, and it goes for a couple of years longer than you think, and you try to do everything you can. So it is extremely difficult drought, um, and we've just got to keep working at it because they're going to keep coming, unfortunately. Tony, you make a great point there because I think, you know, there was the proposal to build a dam in Tamworth. There was all this talk, uh, especially in 2019 and the start of, the, of this year, about the importance of uh, conserving water, about drought-proofing our country. Unfortunately, that has certainly gone off the agenda because of COVID-19. How important is it that we still have that conversation, that national conversation about drought-proofing and the importance of water? It's critically important and we have, as part of the COVID response at um, the National Farmers Federation, been talking to government about regionalisation. So, you know, looking at rural and regional communities and regional centres and making sure that they have the services. And of course, one of the services is water supply. We saw during the drought, a number of towns were very close to, if not they did, run out of drinking water. Now, in a country like Australia, we just can't have that happening. We have to invest in rural and regional communities with the services and the basic services like water supply. So um, it certainly goes from a, from a farm business perspective, agriculture perspective, but it goes to the whole rural communities. So we've got to look and uh, at regional centres and we think now is the perfect time to do that off the back of what you know has been a pretty uh, disastrous year with COVID. Um, let's look at regional centres. Let's look at what we can do as communities and a government to make sure that they continue to prosper because once they close down, it's off the back of drought or something else, then they rarely come back and, and we really don't want that. We have a once-in-a-generation opportunity to really talk about this, uh, you know, conservation of water and making sure that uh, we prepare for the future. How do you keep that pressure on the decision-makers, both at a state and federal level? Yeah, well, that's um, luckily in a way, that's uh, our day job. We're here in Canberra. We represent, uh, you know, the agriculture industry, the farmers across all of the, the country and across all of the commodities and really making sure that government know that farming and agriculture is a critical part of um, certainly rural and regional communities and states, but, a, a, you know, an integral part of the Australian economy as well. We know uh, how much exports, you know, about $40 billion worth of exports uh, a year to uh, that have come from the farm we export about 75 percent of what we grow in this country so um, that's a really good thing so we've got to keep uh, making sure that agriculture continues to grow and you know that's what we communicate to government that's what we advocate for infrastructure and, and measures that will help farmers so water and dams and, and those sorts of things but also roads and services in rural communities that people uh, need 
and that when they look at their careers, they can see agriculture. And of course, agriculture is located in rural and regional communities, not in urban centres. But they've got to have the services too. They've got to have uh, education and, and you know, um, uh, other services, financial services. And, Hospitals. And, you know, telecommunications and health, of course, all of these things. So, um, you know, it is a big package, but we start with agriculture. Tony, over 2020 with uh, the COVID-19 crisis, we've seen an extraordinary boom in regional areas. You know, property prices in some areas have gone through the roof, increased by 30 to 40% because people, some people are fleeing the city, but also it's it's put a focus on how great these regional areas are. Um, How wonderful has that boost been for regional towns across Australia? Yeah, look, it's been excellent. It's been amazing. And, and, and if there's a silver lining to um, the COVID crisis, then uh, that might be one of them because uh, we've proved that we can all work from home, um, you know, remotely. And some people have decided that, you know, cities and, and urban centres, crowded spaces aren't necessarily for them. So a good thing, and we're so lucky in Australia to have so many great rural and regional centres, um, people have decided that you know, let's uh, let's look around. Let's go out to uh, Cowra or Canoundra or Orange or, you know, Dubbo or uh, Warren, they, you know, these sorts of places in New South Wales that they might not have ever thought they could live. Um, and, you know, people can, as I say, work uh, away from a workplace, work from home. And, you know, as long as they've got the services out there, health, education, all of these things, um, it could be a great boom for rural and regional communities. The other great news in 2020, Tony, for regional Australia was these bumper crops. After a a, a difficult several years with the devastating drought, this is such good news. New South Wales is now on the verge of producing its biggest winter crop harvest ever. How incredible has it been to see, um, I, I guess, tractors out on the paddocks? Yeah, great. It really there's uh, there's a few words for it. One of them is just uh, it's just so pleasing, so great to see, you know, people uh, all the pictures that you know I see and, and the people that I talk to um, in headers, in tractors, in chaser bins, you know, driving um, through the night sometimes harvesting uh, crops. So wheat, barley, uh, canola, chickpeas, depending on where they are, all of these crops. Um, it will be such an injection of. Uh, financial stability for some of these people and the communities but more than that it's just the smile that you see on people's faces you know the the positivity and the optimism and the enthusiasm that is in you know their faces and their eyes and their smiles when you see them because they have had a couple of really tough years um, and it is just amazing to see how nature can turn things around with you know the right the right management and the right care uh, to see the paddocks, uh, you know, a few months ago green, but now with headers and tractors driving through them and um, collecting all that wonderful product that will go to Australian consumers and international consumers, um, it's fantastic. And talking about international consumers with that massive billion-dollar export market, what are your thoughts on the increasing trade tensions between Australia and China? Yeah, look, it's been a concern for a while. Um we have always seen as an industry, well, we're always, we're export dominated for a start. As I say, we export about two thirds of what we produce. So always reliant and always will be on export markets. Uh, China has been an incredibly valuable market in the last five to 10 years. Um, they you know, pay a really good dollar for a whole range of products. And, and of course, their population is just demanding safe, high quality, traceable, 
food and fibre that Australian farmers are the best in the world at producing. So it's in, in some ways it's a win-win situation. Um, but of course, the disruptions we've seen in the last few months are really concerning. And the, the challenge is in front of us is to work with government to make sure that we can uh, address challenges and come out the other side. And we have to do whatever it is that's on the table um, and everything else that we can think of to make sure that we do that because it is too important a market to uh, continue to risk. There's Chinese consumers and Chinese businesses that love Australian food and fibre, so they're being uh, disadvantaged. Uh, and of course, the farmers here with disruptions to export markets are being disrupted as well. And it's the last thing they need off. Um, you know, th this is going to be a really good year for them. Um, the last thing we need is disruptions to markets such as China. We're, we're in a good position in a way that our food and fibre is so highly regarded around the world, we will be able to find other markets, but it takes a long time to build up you know, um, relationships. Um, so we, we don't want to do anything that will jeopardise the Chinese market any more than um, what it is. Pretty strong words, though, Tony, from the Prime Minister in November, where he really called out China and wanted them to apologise over that fake social media post with an Australian soldier with a knife at the throat of an Afghan child. How do you stand firm against China, but also ensure that these important trade relationships continue? Yeah, really carefully, um, without being too flippant about it. It is just such a... Um, diplomatic nightmare um, and, and minefield. Um, and we just have to keep talking to government and keep making sure that they are aware and they definitely are. Um, we have regular meetings with, you know, trade minister, agriculture minister, um, all parts of government to make sure that we're uh, across um, the situation. But uh, at the end of the day, this is a government to government um, relationship. And, you know, they, we should be in no doubt there in any relationship there's ups and downs um, so we accept that uh, we're just obviously in a bit of a low point and we hope that we can get back to you know a reasonable relationship uh, because we do think it's a win-win situation for Chinese consumers and uh, Australian producers uh, but just got to keep working at it that's that's our message to government is uh, keep talking keep keep working and uh, and get the balance right between standing up and being you know a, a good global citizen, um, which is, you know, what, what I think everyone would expect Australia to do, but um, making sure that we're sensitive and, and um, respectful and professional. And, and I think, you know, the government's uh, doing its best at trying to tick those boxes. Tony, another silver lining for 2020 is as we've realised that all our international borders have been closed because of COVID-19, it's really reinforced the importance yet again of our primary producers in this country and the extraordinary access we have to the best quality food and uh, beverages and wine industry we have in this wonderful country. Oh, look, it has been and it's um, it's... It's been amazing really to see farmers and the agriculture industry just getting on with business. Um, it's many other sectors have been disrupted, but um, luckily, you know, um, with through a bit of good luck and a good good management, Australian farmers have been on the job since uh, since COVID started. You know, um, they're expert at working from home. They're expert at working in isolation um, and the conditions have been, you know, uh, Generally speaking, it's hard to generalise, but uh, generally speaking, you've been really good. So uh, it has been just wonderful to see that agriculture can 
be on the job, uh, have people's backs and continue to produce the, the food and fibre that we um, in some ways have taken for granted. And it was a bit of a, a shock to see supermarket shelves, you know, um, empty uh, because we just never see that. And we're, we're just so lucky that uh, we never see that. But um, that was a bit of a shock to the supply chain and to the system. Um, but, you know, we've recovered now and uh, we definitely have more than enough food in this country uh, most times, drought um, notwithstanding, but um, we produce way more food here than we'll ever consume. So uh, we're, we're very lucky in that sense and um, we're lucky we've got such great farmers and a great agriculture industry, really. Great farmers and great agricultural industry indeed. Tony Ma from the National Farmers Federation, thank you so much for joining us on the summer edition of Your Morning Agenda. Great to talk to you, Natasha. And don't forget your morning agenda with the latest news headlines is back from Monday the 11th of January. Tomorrow we'll be back with another episode in the summer series where we will chat about finances. We'll have a special report and expert analysis on how to keep your bills down this year as the credit card costs mount from Christmas. We'll also reveal the dangers of some quick pay schemes and how to get your finances back on track for the rest of 2021. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.